You reign. You reign, Lord. Above all else, Lord, you reign. Lord, we raise our hands in worship to you. Lord, we turn our hearts towards you this morning. Precious Holy Spirit, we invite you into this place this morning to come and move amongst us, to come and minister to our hearts this morning. For who is like you, Yeshua? Who is like you, Yeshua? Who is like the King of Kings? Who is like the Lord of Lords? Who is like the King of Glory? There's no one like you, Jesus. Let's all raise our hands as we sing Yeshua one more time. Good morning, church. It's so good to have you with us this morning. And thank you for making Acts your place of worship. You are so welcome here. And if you are new here, we'd love to meet you after the service. So please be free to see Pastor Catherine, Pastor Brian, or myself after the service. We'd love to shake your hand and walk this journey with you. Well, this morning, church, I am so excited to be sharing a word that the Lord has placed on my heart for you. And I believe that indeed it is a word from the Lord. I believe that this word is going to elevate us to a new level of intimacy with Jesus. I believe that this word is going to stir up faith in our hearts for God to move in and through our lives. Amen. I believe this word is going to stir up faith to stand firm on the promises of God to stand firm on the word that the Lord had spoken over your life and to stand firm that God is showing favor upon you this morning. Amen. Well, today I'd like to talk to us about intentionally making room for God, intentionally creating space for him and how to, how to make space for God and the blessing that follows making room for God and four key steps on how we can make room for God by honoring Him. Now, if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to 2 Kings 4, and I'm reading from 8 verse 17. Sorry, verse 8 to 17. So while we're all getting there, and before it's on the screen, this is a story about Prophet Elisha. 
And he often goes to a city called Shunem. And this lady who sees him there often notices that this is a called man of God. So she talks to her husband and she, she tells her husband, let's build a room for this man of God. So I think we have it on the screen. Yes. I think this is going to be the NLT version, but I will be reading from the NIV version this morning. And it says, one day, Elisha went to Shunem and a well-to-do woman was there who urged him to stay for a meal. So whenever he came by, he stopped there to eat. She said to her husband, I know that this man of God who often comes our way is a holy man. Let's make a small room on the roof and put in it a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp for him. Then he can stay there whenever he comes to us. One day, Elisha came and he went up to his room and laid there. He said to his servant Gehazi, Call the Shunammite woman. And so he called her. She stood before him, and Elisha said to him, Tell her that you've gone through all this trouble for us. Now what can be done for you? Can we speak on, behalf, on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? She replied in saying, I have a home amongst my own people. But what can be done for her, Elisha asked. Gehazi said, she has no son, and her husband is old. Then Elisha said, call her. So he called her, and she stood in the doorway. About this time next year, Elisha said, you will hold a son in your arms. No, my lord, she objected. Please, man of God, don't mislead your servant. But the woman became pregnant, and the next year, about the same time, she gave birth to a son, just as Elisha had told her. Now, church, I'm sure if we all found out that the prophet Elisha was coming to Bradford, this would certainly be the talk of the town. I'm sure we would all go to all extents to redecorate our homes, clean up our houses, restock the fridges so that we could cook up a storm for him, just so that we can accommodate this mighty man of God. So this Shunammite woman, she noticed that he was a man of God. But she didn't just redecorate her house. She didn't just clean up or put new wallpaper on. This woman took it a step further. And she decided to build a room for this man of God so that he can be accommodated for whenever he came by. Now, the fact that this woman had to build a room tells me that she didn't have, although the scripture says she was well-to-do, the fact that she had to build this room tells me that she didn't have the biggest, most fanciest, most spacious house. In fact, I don't think she had space at all. But in her making room for this prophet of the Lord, there was tremendous sacrifice. She chose to sacrifice. And what we will begin to discover this morning is that sacrifice is the foundation of this woman's blessing. Can somebody say sacrifice? You see, this woman had a heart that willed to accommodate this man of God at all costs. Now, this may, may have me, uh, meant that she needed to do some cleaning up in her house. She needed to declutter the space that this man of God was going to be staying in. And this also may have meant that she needed to let go of certain things that she held so dear to her just so that she can accommodate for this man of God. And later on in the passage, we read the blessing that follows this type of sacrifice. Now reading the story, 
and I'm sure I'm not the only one who thought this. Wouldn't we all want a man of God, a prophet of God, to come into our homes and ask us, what can I do for you? But then in thinking that, it also got me thinking, what brought this man of God to this point in asking, what can I do for you? Well, we read that this woman decided to build a room for this man of God. And like I said earlier, this implies that she didn't have extra space in her house. She needed to clean up and shift out and sift out things that weren't necessary to be there so that she could make room for this man of God. She had to make the decision to make room for Prophet Elisha. And church, I'm here to tell you this morning that now is the time to dethrone everything else that takes prominence above God and make room for him in our lives. Now is the time to prepare a room for God in our hearts and enthrone him. Church, this morning, I believe that the Lord is calling each and every one of us to make room for him. And I believe that as I speak to you this morning, the Holy Spirit will begin to minister to, your, to our hearts and reveal to us things that we need to clean out, things that we need to sift out, things that we need to shift and, and, and change so that we can accommodate God to come into our lives, so that we can make room for God in our lives, so that we can arise and shine for his glory, just as Jethro mentioned last week. Amen? So if we go back to the scripture, in the next verse it says that Elisha had shared many meals with this woman and her husband, but never before did he ask her this question, the question of what can I do for you? It was only when this woman had made room for him and when he was lying on his bed that he decided to ask this lady, what can I do for you? You see, it was only when Elisha saw that this woman had devoted her time and her space and her energy to accommodate for him. You see, preparing this, this room for this man of God spoke about this woman's commitment to him. It spoke about her undivided commitment to him in saying, yes, prophet Elisha, whenever you come to the city of Shunem, please rest assured that you have a space in our home. She did not waver on her decision to accommodate him. He knew that he had a secure place in her home. And that is when he decided to ask her, what can I do for you? Well, church, what am I trying to say this morning? I'm trying to say to us that when we make room for God in our lives, we are showing God that he takes prominence above all else. We are showing God that he has our undivided commitment. We're showing him that he has our undivided attention, our undivided space and time and devotion, and that we are willing to give it all to him. I was reading in the Oxford Dictionary, well, I wasn't reading, I researched in the Oxford Dictionary, what does the word undivided mean? And it's defined as not separated. And the word commitment is defined as a state or quality of being fully and solely dedicated to a cause. And as I was reading further, my eye caught a synonym of the word commitment. And I believe it's so relevant for this message this morning. 
The word is allegiance, which is described as loyalty to a cause. You see, giving God our undivided commitment, we pledge our loyalty to him and to his kingdom. We are saying, God, we will not serve two masters. When we make room for God, we show God that our allegiance is not separated. Our allegiance is not divided. He has our undivided attention, our undivided commitment, our undivided devotion, and it all belongs to him. You see, church, when we invite God into our lives and make room for him, we give him full access to everything, to every single, every single corner, every single room in our hearts, to touch and to change and to renew and to restore every single aspect of who we are so that we can become acceptable vessels for his glory. And church, I can promise you, there is a lifelong blessing that follows that type of devotion. There's a lifelong blessing that follows that type of commitment. And certainly, there's a lifelong blessing that follows that type of honor. You see, if we go on further in the scripture, we read this woman's response to this man of God. When she replied to the question that prophet Elisha had asked her, the question of, what can I do for you? This woman responded in saying, I have a home amongst my own people. And in another translation, we read that she responds to prophet Elisha by saying, she has no need because her husband is taking good care of her. Now, why am I saying this? This really shows us the state of this woman's heart. She didn't just build this, this room for this man of God because she had a need. In fact, she didn't even make her need known to this man of God. She built this room out of pure honor towards a servant of the Lord. And if we read 1 Samuel 2 verse 30, it says, those who honor me, I will honor, but those who despise me will be disdained. So church, what does honoring God look like? Let me give you four keys on how we can honor God. Number one, we honor God when we sacrifice our time for him. Somebody say, sacrifice our time. You see, this woman, like I mentioned earlier, she sacrificed her time to accommodate Prophet Elisha. I can just imagine the time that it took this woman to renovate her home. I remember back in South Africa when my parents were renovating their home, it took up to a year to finish their kitchen alone. It wasn't just, it wasn't the rest of the house, it was just the kitchen. So can you just imagine the time that it took this lady to renovate her home, to build a new room in this house? It took time for this lady to clean her house so that it's presentable for this man of God. It took her sacrificing her time to prepare meals for this man of God. And it wasn't just tea time. It was breakfast, lunch, supper, and snacks in between. It took her time. 2 Samuel 24 says, David said, I will not sacrifice to the Lord my God burnt offerings that cost me nothing. And you know, reading this verse, that little phrase, that costs me nothing, really stood out to me. Because church, when we read this, 
What do we understand from it? That sacrifice needs to cost us something. Service to the Lord needs to be costly. The verse goes on by saying, David built an altar to the Lord there and sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. And fellowship offerings also caught my attention. And I did a little bit of research on it, and it actually speaks about time. It speaks about David offering the Lord his time. And, the, and then it goes on in saying, Then the Lord answered his prayer in behalf of the land, and the plague of Israel was stopped. You see, in the same way, the Lord desires that we all sacrifice our time for him. And how do we do that? We sacrifice our time by coming to church. We sacrifice our time by making sure that we're on time for church, that we're respecting the time that we put aside for the Lord. We sacrifice our time when we respect time of worship, when we're raising our hands and we lift our hands in sincere worship, giving God that time. We give time to God in our prayer life. We give time to God when we decide to set aside an hour or two and spend time in the word of God, to commune with God. You see, church, when we honor God by sacrificing our time, he honors us too. Number two, we honor God when we render honor to each other. Someone say honor to each other. We read in the next verse that this woman saw and recognized that this was a man of God. And she honored him for that. And because she chose to honor this man of God, God honored her. In Romans 12 verse 10, it says, Be devoted to one another. Honor one another above yourselves. Church, all people are due honor, whether we think they deserve it or not. All people are due honor. And for three basic reasons. Number one, we're all created in the image of God. Number two, Jesus came and he died on the cross of Calvary for each and every one of us, and that deserves honor. And number three, because honor is a requirement from God. And when we honor, we attract the presence of God in our lives. We attract the favor of God in our lives because we look just like God when we honor one another. And what does honoring one another look like, church? It looks like respecting one another. It looks like not gossiping about one another, not speaking ill about one another. It looks like encouraging one another, lifting one another up, being compassionate to one another. It looks like husbands loving your wives and wives respecting your husbands. It looks like children obeying the instruction of your parents. That is what honor looks like. That is the behavior that attracts the presence of the Lord. You see, when we give honor to whom honor is due, we reap a greater harvest from that deposit that God had placed in those people's lives. God honors our obedience to his principles when we honor others. And there is a great blessing that follows that. Number three, we honor God with our treasure. Somebody say, with my treasure. This woman renovated her home. Like I said, she cooked for him. She changed things around in her home. And that must have cost her some financial sacrifice. As Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. 
if we read in Proverbs 3, 9, it says, Also, the Lord says, honor the Lord with it. Honor the Lord with what you eat. Honor the Lord with what you wear. Honor the Lord with the shelter you have over your head and with the care that you have available to you. You see, church, this Shunammite woman understood the principle of honor. And she honored the Lord with all that she had by honoring this man of God with all that she had. She honored him with her house. She honored him with her food. She honored him with her shelter. She honored the Lord by honoring this man of God with her treasure. And she was honored in return. Number four, honor God with your heart. Say with my heart. This woman's heart attitude was so pure. We read earlier when she actually responded to the question that Elisha had asked, that question of what can I do for you? Her answer and her heart and the state of her heart was so pure that she said she had no need. And God honored that. She did not just honor with her lips and with her actions. She honored with her heart as well. Amen, church. When we honor God, God will honor us. But what was so amazing about this whole story is that the results of this, of this woman's honor towards this man of God is that she received a precious gift. If we remember earlier in the scripture, prophet Elisha had prophesied over her that at that very same time next year, she will give birth to a son. And church, we see that the word of God has come to pass. This woman had received her son. Can you just imagine the joy and the gratitude that must have filled this woman's home and this woman's heart? Something that she has been waiting for, for so long. A son that she has been nurturing from birth had finally arrived. It was a prayer that she did not even pray or probably silently prayed that was answered. But what was remarkable about this point and what really stood out to me is that even after this woman had given birth to her son, the room was kept open for prophet Elisha. You see, it would have been so easy for this woman to give the room to her son because the fact that she had to build a room for prophet Elisha means that she didn't have extra space for a third member in her family. But we read in scripture that after the child was born and when he grew up to be a teenager, it appears that the room was still reserved for prophet Elisha. You see, church, it's so easy for us that once we receive a blessing to give up that room to that very blessing, the time that we would spend with God to plead on our knees for that blessing, we now give all that time to the blessing. Or maybe we don't receive the miracle. And our hearts are now filled with disappointment and loss. And we decide to take that room back from God. But church, I realize that if you want God to answer prayers that you don't even pray, you have to keep the room open. Just as the woman in Shunem, she left that room open. Amen? Later on, church, we read that as time went by, this, this child grew up to become a teenager. And they probably made such beautiful memories because something that this woman wasn't expecting had happened. 
I mean, her husband was old, just as um, Elisha's servant Gehazi had said. And now making all these amazing memories, time went by and her son fell ill and her son died. Church, this blessing, this miracle, this miracle baby that she had been given, now dead in her arms. Can you just imagine the agony this woman must have been in? A baby that she nurtured from birth to teenage years, now dead in her arms. The despair that this lady must have been going through. And you see, church, that would have been the perfect time for this woman to decide to take the room back from God. Because now her heart must have been filled with disappointment and with agony and with loss. But you know what she did, church? Instead of taking that room back from God, she remembered. Church, she remembered that she has a place to run to when she has a need. This woman remembered that she has a God who blessed her home with the joy of a child in the first place. You know what she did, church? She ran back to the source. You see, the first thing... Amen. Amen. The first thing that this mother did was to place her dead son on the very bed that the question was asked from. That question that prophet Elijah had asked, what can I do for you? You see, in that time, she told prophet Elijah that she didn't have a need. So that space was left open for her. That first thing that the woman did was to place her dead son on that bed where that question was asked for. Because now in agony, holding her dead son in her arms, she now had a need. She was in need of a miracle. She needed the life of her son. And church, in that very moment that she laid her son on the bed, a miracle took place. Come on church, I said a miracle took place. Her son was resurrected from the dead. Amen. And I am here to encourage you this morning. And I am here to tell each and every one of you that it does not matter what the situation may look like. It doesn't matter what the surroundings may look like. It doesn't matter what circumstance you may be facing. We serve a miracle working, promise keeping God who takes care of every single need of his child. Amen. Church, he is waiting for you to remember. He is waiting for you to remember who your source is. He is waiting for you to remember the word of the Lord that he had spoken over your life and stand firm on that truth because God is not a man to lie. His word will come to pass. Amen. Church, when we make room for God, we invite his supernatural power and resurrecting power into our lives. Amen. Church, won't you stand with me? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We bless your holy name, Jesus. There's no one like you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We love you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. Church, this morning we're going to pray. And we're going to make the decision to make room for God in our lives. We're going to declare that goodness and mercy and favor and blessing will follow us all the days of our lives.
Amen. Let's close our eyes, church. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. You know, church, there are many things in our hearts that the Lord wants us to surrender to Him this morning. There are many things that the Lord wants us to repent from. And I believe that throughout this message, the Holy Spirit has been highlighting to each of us things that we need to clear up, things that we need to repent of, things that we need to let go of so that we can make room for God in our lives. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Won't you just raise your hands unto the Lord? And in this moment of worship, just begin speaking to the Lord and asking the Holy Spirit to search your heart, to reveal to you things that you need to let go of so that we can make room for God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Church, for some of us, this may mean letting go of carnal desires, letting go of selfish desires. This may look like letting go of offenses or past hurts. This may look like forgiving a spouse or forgiving a child or forgiving a parent that must have caught a caused us hurt, that caused us to close that door on the Lord. This morning, I encourage you, church, to open up your hearts and let the Lord enter into that room. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, praying for this service, I really saw in the Spirit that some of us closed those doors into the rooms because and we vowed never to open them again because they may have been too painful to think about or too humiliating to speak about. The Lord is knocking on the door of your heart this morning and He's asking you to let Him into that room. The Lord is the restorer of all things. Church, He wants to touch you this morning. He wants to renew your heart and make you a new creation. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, church, lift your voices in the spirit. Lord, we let go of every offense, Lord. We let go of every selfish desire, Lord. We choose to make room for you this morning, Lord. We choose to open up the door so that you can come into our lives. Lord, we choose to give way to your resurrecting power. Lift your voices in the spirit, church. Lift your voices up to the Lord. Surrender all that you are. Surrender all that you have to the Lord and make room for Him this morning. Re 
The Lord is waiting for you to open up that door to Him this morning. Surrender all that you have to the Lord. And throne Him upon your hearts again. Establish Him as the King of your heart. to commune with you. The Lord wants to bring you up to a new level of intimacy with Him. The Lord wants to take you to a new level, a new dimension in your relationship with Him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus church with every eye closed and every head bowed no one moving around no one walking around if you feel that the Lord has been knocking on the door of your heart this morning and you want to make the decision to make room for God and invite Jesus as your Lord and Savior I want to pray a prayer with you this morning or church if you feel that you've taken that room back from God 
because of disappointment or because of loss or maybe you gave that room to the miracle that you received I want to give you an opportunity to rededicate and recommit your life to God this morning to open up that door so that he can enter in the Lord is calling us this morning church the Lord is calling us this morning don't resist that call open the door to the Lord open the door to the Lord he wants to commune with you he wants to have fellowship with you thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Lord Thank you, Lord, for your tangible presence in this place. Thank you, Lord. We surrender our lives to you, Jesus. We surrender all that we are to you, Jesus. Come and have your way in our lives, Lord. Come and have your way in our lives, Jesus. Who compares to you, Jesus? Lord, we enthrone you above all else this morning, Lord. We declare that you are the King of kings and you are the Lord of lords. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Church, let's pray this prayer together. Say, Father God, we thank you for your grace and mercy. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sin. Lord, forgive me where I have fallen short of your glory. I ask you to make a home in my heart. Lord, I ask you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I enthrone you above all else. And I choose to make room for you. In Jesus' name. And everybody with faith said, Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, can we just give the Lord a mighty hand of praise? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. A church, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, we would love to get your details after the service and walk this journey with